Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. In case one show wasn't enough, <laughs> Dr. Paula Price is here. Okay. For the Paula Price for show. The Paula Price show, yes. Well, actually, I'm excited to have a good kickoff point because we can kick off the fact that yesterday was our first recording of my Taking It On with Paula Price TV program. And those of you who have not been on uh, Facebook, Prophet Ashley has definitely made sure she shared the moment. And we have some good um, shots for you to look at. I thank all of you all for your congratulations and your encouragement and, and for your enthusiasm. And so we did four shows, actually, count them. Yes. Four shows yesterday. And the first broadcast is going to be on Channel 47 here in Tulsa, KWHB. I finally got it. Sunday, 5.30 p.m. But... Take heart, because it's also going to be posted on my YouTube channel. So every week, you'll get it on my YouTube channel so that you can see what the show was about. And we had a blast. First of all, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for such an awesome team. The people we were work with, working with and the people that God has put together on this team are phenomenal. I want to thank God for Justin. Oh, his name is Geiser, right? Something like that. So, Justin, forgive me if it's wrong. But Justin, our, our, our uh, cameraman, he was a shooter. He did wonderful. A lot of experience, a lot of fun. And then, of course, we want to thank God for our executive producer. Fame. Yes, from Fame. Fame. Okay, Fame Marketing. Is it? Mm-hmm. I want to get it right. And from Fame Marketing, great guy, wonderful, a little bit of a driver. I like it. He was a little bit of everything we needed to get it done. And we thank God for it. And, of course, the team that has been with me from the beginning, Prophet Ashley, hallelujah, Chief Prophet, Tala. Ooh, wasn't it good to have her on the set? Oh. It was like, boy, we're back again. I know, right? So, I know. It's so good to have her on the set. And so I was thanking God for her. Hallelujah. We even had a, a chance to get a glimpse at Tanya from 47. She popped into with some beautiful flowers. With the most beautiful bouquet, bouquet of yellow roses. I love roses. I especially love yellow. And um, and so I just I really thank God for all of the people, you know, that were there. You know, we had pop-ins that came in and brought stuff, staff, team. It was amazing. I think it was probably one of the most peaceful first shoots we've ever had because yes. it was absolute peace. Yes. We just had peace. So you'll have to figure out how we, what we're going to talk about. But remember, mark your calendars now because if you are in the 47 – Channel 47 viewing area, it's February 4th, 5.30 p.m., first airing. Yes, me, number one. And then, I don't know what, a prophet actually will probably establish her own schedule as to why, when we'll have it on YouTube. But then once it's on YouTube, you've got to help me go big, guys. It takes all of you to help me go big. And that means on YouTube, blessed be God, 
I'm going to need you to share, 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 share. I want you, I'm going to have some official sharers who are just going to just blitz it every time it's posted, just blitz it throughout the country so that people can see it. Um, our our uh, producer, our executive producer and producer putting put their hands together to make it as, as uh, what is it, national as quickly as they possibly can. I mean, it's really wonderful. Would you believe that there is a like a male side of Prophet Ashley? I think we almost found it. Yeah. I think we almost found the male side of Prophet Ashley. Amazing guy, amazing company. This has been great, and I thank you for your enthusiasm. So make sure you mark your calendars. February 4th, if you're in the Tulsa Channel 47 viewing area, February 4th, we kick off. And then after that, we move into, we talk about the origin, of, of course, the origin of Christianity, why good thing, uh, bad things happen to good people. Folk really like that one. That was really cool. Yes. Ooh, well, I think my favorite part is the conversations in between yeah. shooting episodes that really, uh, you know, when we bounced around, I'm trying to talk about this, I'm trying to talk about that. <laughs> it was fun. And I liked we're lively, we're intelligent, we're energetic. I, I appreciate that. So I think that is great. want to tell you something else we got going on here. I definitely, as a matter of fact, I'm going to let Prophet ask you, Ashley toot her own horn on our prophetic guardianship class. Oh, yes. yes, what we're offering, what we're doing. We want you to have every opportunity to get loaded for the uh, times to come, to be filled with the word of God and God's wisdom. So, we are offering non-degree classes, courses, for people who, well, some of them, uh, people who are enrolled in Christ University are taking them, but a lot of people who are not enrolled in Christ University are enrolled in the first launch we had, Prophetic Guardianship, um, orientation, introduction to the mantle for the office. I'm getting so many things. Yeah, we probably have to start listening to them on paper and reading them. Yes. And so uh, it's a four-session course, four sessions, four weeks of assignments, and um, most of those assignments are for them personally, some things they have to submit and turn in, and then uh, four quizzes. Four. Four quizzes. That's very easy. Yes. Oh, Sharon Edwards says, loving the class. Ah. Yay. And um, <clears throat> there's a marginal flexibility, and I say marginal flexibility with viewing the lectures and taking the quizzes because they're not live. So you don't have to be in front of your computer or uh, laptop at a certain time, but you do have to submit your homework mm. within a certain time frame, and the quizzes are only available mm-hmm. during certain times. Yes, because there are certificate programs. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about how many of you have gotten prophecies. God tells you you're going to train prophets or you're going to be a prophet in you're in an area where there is nowhere for you to get training. You know, as much as you've tried, and the few things that you've done, you probably, you know, kind of scoop them up and don't know where to go next. This is ideal for you. You who are home sitting there, I'm reading my Bible, waiting for God to answer, but what do I do with this information? This is ideal. The, the non-degree programs, especially because of the, 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 the prophetic nature and also their professional nature, Ideal for you. You can actually just come, take your four courses as they're up, you know, because Prophet Ashley's going to manage it well. But you're going to take your four courses, 
You're going to go through the quizzes, get your certificate, and enroll in another one right away. She is, she's pumping these things out. I'm telling you, she used to say that I was like some sort of superhuman being, but I, I finally cloned her. I, I did. I got her. And I'm telling you, she is it. So tell me, why did you begin with the prophetic, though? You're the author of the Prophet Dictionary. Well, there's that. The top subjects that people always want to hear from you consistently anytime Prophet Adia sends out surveys is on the prophetic, intercession, prayer intercession, which is all linked together. Those are your top two subjects. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what we're throwing out first. Is is that, excuse me, because that's what people want to know. And um, in a format that's bite-sized and attainable, is certificate only, you're not getting a degree. You are not getting the information or producing the volume Mm -hmm. of work Mm -mm. to warrant that, but you are being trained mm-hmm. in, in the subject. Well, as our um, dean of students says, you're getting some continuing ed. Continuing, right. Some continuing education information. You just want to do it. Some of you all, you, you have pastors in churches who are have prophets that are awakening, budding, or trying to awaken or something, and now you have somewhere to send them. You don't have to worry about it, Pastor. We, 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 we've got that for you. And so you can actually send your prophets, prophetic people, intercessors through these classes. When they, when they bring you back a certificate, you know what they have. You know what they know. You know what they've been taught. And, we're, you know, you can stack up as many um, certificates as you want because there's no limit to it at all. And Prophet Ashley is hot on this. And believe me, I have tons and tons and volumes of prophetic trainings that you can take, not just for me. They've done them over the years for their clients. Um, we've got prophetic training everywhere that can be, you, you don't have to worry about, okay, I'm starting this, but now I have to wait three months for something else. That is not the case here. And, of course, if the, your certificate is coming from Price University, learn today, lead tomorrow. If you're called to do that, that's, that's important. Well, and we're, I mean, I'm reaching back into ELBI, Utah, Georgia, prophetic. I mean, there's no shortage, like you said, of prophetic material, especially for uh, the portion of the certificate training. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wonderful, and it's rich. I mean, you don't change. And now your revelation has increased. (laughs) For sure, the weightiness of what you do has gotten heavier, the higher up you go in apostleship. Um, but by and large, when we go back to that, about 2003, some of it, 2004, nobody's going to tell the difference. You, you don't know because, the, the, like you said, the prophecy is a time bound. Mm-hmm. And when you are teaching education on something that isn't locked in, and like I think I said last week, because you're not a trendy trainer. No, I'm not trendy. You don't teach according to trends and what other people are doing. It's, it's always relevant. Yeah. And I'm blown away. And going back and listening to something from that time, I'm like, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. And you were in those classes. I was, but I didn't know nothing. <laughs> I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing. You, you can't even say, when you say no, you can't, you got to drop that H. Yes. Okay. I didn't know nothing. Not. But, I mean, that is great. So I definitely encourage you to go. And if those of you who are viewing me today uh, are taking the course, please help us. Help them, tell them how wonderful it is and efficient that it is. And it's actually not too late. It isn't? To enroll. Okay. Uh, you can still, class just opened up this past Monday, 
So how long is it the window? Do you know? Uh, I would say that past Friday is too late. You know, after that, you you probably won't. You'll want to wait until the next round. But mm-hmm. the workload isn't so much that they can't jump in and still catch this wave of this class. I encourage them to do it. Exactly, and the cost is fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. Fifty plus, and you go to your website, drpaulaaprice.com. On the homepage, you just scroll down, and Profitadia has it right there on the homepage where you can click. Registration. You need to follow the instructions for registration. That is important. 100%. 100%. Verbatim. And what I mean by follow the instructions is when you submit your payment in PayPal, you need to scroll down and leave that page open. There's a page that says something like return to merchant or something. You need to click on that, and that takes you to the registration information. Mm-hmm. That's important. That's important. And don't know where to go next. I can't. 
And I can't wait uh-huh. to continue to see the fruit. Rachel said, yes, we did. And Tierney said, there's your students. Uh, are online My students are watching and, and sharing. But true, I mean, but people getting free and identifying not just um, when they got bound, but how that happened. Mm-hmm. And what they did about it yes. at the time. Yes. Because sometimes we are struggling with, it's not, I mean, we have the memory and I have the sorrow and I even have the, the, the fences and the guardians, but I don't know what I did about that, you know? And I mean, we, we, the Lord, there was the whole therapeutic thing at the end that God just moved through the room and just began to deliver his children. And I say that to you because it's coming soon in an online class near you. Yes. You have any idea when it's coming? Well, originally we talked about after the semester ends, but I mean, if you decide you want it to start being available sooner, uh, probably maybe halfway through, want to get at least halfway through. Yeah. But it's, and um, the way you have it set up with the gamification. So it's not straight lecture. Mm-mm, no, no. So, <laughs> I have to pull back on lecture. Y'all be laid on the floor, man. Y'all be laid out on the floor. I can't home. I know, right? So we start with the, the, the game, the quiz game show, and then going into the review of the homework, <laughs> terminology, vocabulary, lexicon, and then the lecture, mm. and then the follow-up, uh, closing out feedback yes. from the class. So it's extremely engaging. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I mean, when people enroll online and when they go through it, they're going to feel like they're in the class. Yes, because you're because cutting nothing the out. The whole thing is there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the parts where we have the games and where we're yelling at our teammates. And we're like, that wasn't the right answer. Mm-hmm. And then Dr. Price is doing our thing and, and all of the hey,
you know, somebody with the super power to cast out devils, that's ER. That's, that's emergency room. You know, you they preach the word, and it touched something that that is anchored into your your soul, and so, yeah, you can do that. But deliverance ministry without classes and training and real training, not the, well, you know, if that's the devil, it's not. That's not training. We need to quit that. And so some of you all have gone to deliverance lines, from deliverance line to deliverance line, from some of the best God has and the highest God has to some of the newest that God has. And you know what you find out? You can't stay free. And you're so frustrated about it. You can't stay free. You're struggling. You read, I read my How many times we hear it? I read my Bible. I quoted my scriptures. I read all of these pamphlets. I read all of these books. I've gone to so-and-so seminars and all of that. And you know what? You can't stay free. And you can't stay free because the, the word and the, the spirit that bound you has not heard or understood your release statements. So you're, there still, you still have an authorization going on there. And so when I look at people and say, well, I, he got a deliverance. Well, first of all, I, most times I will not go to, most times, there's some wonderful ones out there. So God, let me, you know, let me paraphrase this a little bit. But um, most times I, I, I go to deliverance ministry. I'm like, well, could you start at the pastor? Can you start at the pastor and the first lady or the first husband? Could you start at the pulpit? Can we go to the ministries? You all are seeing disappointments after disappointments because people's souls are not free. And so they have separated their ministerial call like a job they go to from their actual uh, existence in life. There's no conformance in this job. First, I mean, before we can even get deep about delivering ministries, we're going to have to think about, help me God, before we get deep about it, we have to think about deli- coming up what the protocols of deliverance look like, you know, because spiritual captivity comes in complexes and networks and clusters, complex network clusters. You, I don't care if it's an, you see an eating appetite thing, you see an eating disorder. That is not the problem. The eating disorder is the consolation. That is not why you are where you are. That's why, not, not why you can't, you know, lose weight or any of those kind of things. Because that's a consolation. And we got to separate the consolation because the consolation is the fruit of some sort of condemnation or deprivation that you can't fix. I, I can't, you can't even find it. It's so down there, buried down in the soul and carrying up. And so I say to you as we go forward, you have got to understand deliverance is not just going to church, having somebody yell in your face, slap some oil on you, and send you home. If it worked for a moment, then you had a temporary treatment. In other words, the devil, that, 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 that one spirit that was doing it has, a, has been dealt with, has peaked in his power, peaked in his, his stronghold, and is gone. But you can rest assured he's going to send back a stronger man. And that's going to take a different type of treatment. That's why it should be extensive. You go there because you think it, you know, deliverance is a bare aspirin and, you know, go to work in the morning. That's not true. It takes a lot 
to re-renovate a soul and to first purge it. It takes a great deal, and you can't do it all at one time. I've watched God over the last 30-something years. I'm ready to go after this. He said, no, I don't want to touch that. For God, this is what they came here for. I don't care. I'm not touching that. Why? Because that's not where the problem is. And God is always tracing the root of the fruit, always going there. Deliverance is nothing more, there's more than a commandment. It's laying the ax to the root. You have got to cut off the root system of your bondage, and it has one. And it's more than just, we talked about even soul ties and how that's, you know, that's been presented as such a negative thing. There are great soul ties. You need, soul ties are essential. It's when they become detrimental and debilitating that they need to be dealt with. So we told you got all these books on soul ties being negative. Sex ties are negative unless it's marriage. Now, that's a problem. And sometimes we're confusing soul ties with sex ties. We're not good at it. I'm going to hit something. You know, I'm trying to fight through my thing, but I still got a little strength to hit. I got a little, little slap strength. See, and so what we've gotten confused about is we think anything that's, that's tying our soul is, is uh, negative or detrimental, and it isn't. And so half of you all are running around tearing up good relationships because you don't want to have soul ties. You're tearing up, but you're shutting down great opportunities because you feel like somebody's book said it's a negative soul tie. See, that's why you need to be trained at this level. Because, see, most, most of you all are running around talking about, yeah, well, you know, I, mean, I, felt, I, I felt we were getting too close. First of all, if you turned your professional tie into a passionate stronghold, that has nothing to do with why God put you together. That's your problem. You created a passionate stronghold in what was to be a professional arrangement. That was you. So now we need to find out why that is your response to being near someone that arouses your affection. Why do you automatically go to the path of the soul tie or the path of the sex tie? See, you, you were supposed to have, you know, one mind in making a project work. People do that every single day, every single day. You were supposed to have one mind. And yet you went in there and all of your fantasies got, came out the box. You know, somebody just winded up, bop, 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 you know, little, little pop-up thing you said when we were kids, you know, and it popped up. And everybody popping out their box. Why does that happen to you? What is it that you need? Why, and why are you creating professional situations that you don't want to give your professional self to, but you want to give your sexual self to? You want to give your personal self to? Just dealing with soul ties on that level. And our class deals with that because that's where we are. We're going to start dividing that line between professional and passionate soul ties. You enter every encounter with the hope of walking away with marriage, hopes of walking away. So we need to deal with that. That's, that's, that's kind of a flawed hope. But that's also going to be a doomed project. You're going to doom the project. Because, see, when you fall out and you realize that you're, you're – uh, personal ambitions or aspirations are not going to be filled or your personal desire is not satisfied, you're going to walk away. And you're going to walk away and you're going to have to do the job because you're going to feel all the jetting and all of that other, other chain of events that goes into effect whenever you start something new with something that is appealing to you or someone that is appealing to you. Somebody out there, you're about to do that right now. You're about to flip on somebody because you misread the signals. And you, you, and you, you didn't even misread them. I would love to see, okay, you misread them, but you didn't even misread them. 
you literally imposed your signals on these persons' professional responses. You imposed your sexual signals on that. You did that. That was you. And that's the you that you work with. And then talk about we're creating an unhealthy soul tie. You are the ones that started throwing signals so that folks think that they're going to get a free night from you. Who did that? Isn't it the truth? You did that. You went in there with your fantasies. The first day you went and dressed like a professional. The next day you dressed like a seductress or a seducer. And that, 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 because you, you're, you're off that other stuff, that sexual stuff, being, you created, got ready to be fed. You have the fetish. It's your fetish. You have to do that. And see, you can't fix that. What I just said to you, you can't get fixed in a deliverance life. I can slap a devil off in a minute, but devils have relatives, families. That's why they are familiar spirits. But you do that, and you do it every time. You go in there, and that thing in your head, the first thing starts, that machine starts going. I wonder what he thinks. I wonder what she thinks. Who I feel difficult. I feel, I feel funny. But you have to recognize if the soul ties in your life deserve to be there because they are facilitating your success, your guardianship, your opportunities, all of that. Case in point, your soul is tied to your parents. Is that evil? It might be in some parents. I don't know. It could, could well be. Hallelujah. Your soul, a husband and wife's soul, is supposed to be tied together. You know, Jonathan, you know, said his soul was tied to David. And what did they do? They did great things together. They had a great friendship. They had a great camaraderie. Powerful. You know, but the church starts so much at negativity that no matter what you say, everything starts on a negative ground. Soul ties can be very healthy. There might be times that you need to work through them. There may be times that you may to may need to ventilate them, purge them a little bit, rewrite them, but understand some of them are necessary. And then some of them are not. When there is more, more ambition on one side and submission on the other side, that's an unhealthy soul tie. Because someone's ambition is really dominating you to the point that you don't think you are equal or at least balanced. And understand something else, balance is not always equal. And we think they are because that's how it is. Things are easy for us. But there are things that are equal and imbalanced. You know, for example, you can both have the same job in the same company and your desk can sit side by side. That's equal. But your interactions can be imbalanced. See, that's why you want to enroll in this online class. I'm giving you pointers for you to understand yourself because the whole essence of the class is that you can fix you. Is that right? Yeah. And I want you to think about that. You can fix you as we go forward. And, and the other things that will help you with your family life, help you with your children, help you be a better spouse, a better parent, a better citizen. Come on. The citizenship of our country right now is crazy. Y'all remember we used to teach citizenship? Now we just, everybody just does what's right in their own eyes. We are at that place, and whenever a nation gets to that point, it is on the brink of collapse. When you take away unity, when you take away uniformity, when you take away conformity, when you take away standards, when you take the things that hold up a building, 
Come on, somebody. You are, we're on the brink of collapse. And, folks, I'm telling you, America, the, the strategies of, of liberating you so that you can be independent and individual are, are literally are going to take your nation off the map because there has to go, things are held together by glue. Can you imagine putting together a, a, a building talking about, well, I'm not going to put them too close together because that, that pole doesn't like that pole, but that pole doesn't feel it like that. Okay, that brick doesn't want to stay adhered to this brick. Well, these bricks don't want to be sealed together. They want to be free to do what they want to do. And see, understand that, that that's not how countries stay together. That's not, not how nations are held together. And anytime you want to take out a nation, make the people think separatist. Make the people feel as if they are the, each one of them are their own king or queen in their own world and their own right. I promise you that nation will not be around long. I promise you. And this whole thing, because you, you cannot build anything solid, leaving it 100% fluid. That can't happen. And, and we're very fluid in this country. You know, God gave me one word. He said, Paula, I want you to understand this word. Good word. He said, um, individuality guarantees division. Now, that doesn't mean your, your natural, innate, natural-born individuality doesn't matter. But as a citizen, you cannot have that 100% individuality and have unity. It cannot happen. We started on, you know, e pluribus unum. Now we're at, hey, my way, your way. You're talking about people will tear up an apartment building because they disagree with their neighbor. And that is a psyche thing. So whatever this power is, whatever this strategy, stratagem has been to shatter the psyche of our country, the psyche, our consciousness, American consciousness is not for America. American consciousness is for benefits, liberties, and freedom. And you can't have individual freedoms unless they're all conforming to some sort of cohesive, uniform tapestry. So when we started speaking about individual, having your, I mean, marketing plays that. It plays, it, it, our entire business system, merchandising system, schools, everything is playing to the breaching of the unity. And this breach is constantly being, what is wrong with, you know, we talk about what's wrong with the millennials and what's wrong with this generation. They have nothing to anchor and We've told them the flag doesn't matter. We've told them that the, the Pledge of Allegiance doesn't matter. We've told them that the White House doesn't matter. We've told them that public office doesn't matter. Everything that makes for a strong, solid structure, we have by education, entertainment, family, classes, you name it, shattered. So you're wondering, these people are marbles on a gooey wall. That's all. And, and, and the only thing that drives them is whether or not they want to be in the center or on the corner or do they want to travel. We've told them how they dress matters more than the nation that, has, that they were born in. We've told them their, their opinions matter, have all equal weight. Opinions can have equal weight. That's a foolishness. And we've done that and shattered the soul, the literal soul of the United States of America is shattered 
and it's contaminated and it's misconfigurated. You cannot do that. I'm telling you, and I say this to you with the sobriety of just common sense. We don't even have to, you know, we don't have to go deep. You're fighting on every, you fight, we have told people it's good to fight everything. It is good to fight everything. And we have programs that fight and say horrible things in the family and in the home and telling them that's good. There's no way in the world ceaseless fighting is a good thing. Nowhere. But I will, I will say this to you because I've said it over and over again. We need to find out to whose benefit is it that America self-destructs. And who's going to pick up the pieces and what are they going to do with the pieces they pick up? To whose benefit is it that our next generation knows nothing, knows the least to be known about anything? You know, when, when we started saying, yeah, that flag doesn't matter, and we let all of these kids or these privileged um, kids and these privileged, uh, what do you call it, d- d- huh? athletes. I mean, even now, the guy... The guy that doesn't come on, people. You don't want to pledge allegiance. You sign a contract that got national in it. You 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 put on a national uniform to play a national sport on a national team representing a nation that you don't want to bless because you got a personal issue off the field. You are no different than the cop that's got to wear that blue, the military that's got to wear that green. That is your uniform of service, and you conform to its creed. You signed to conform to that creed, and you are in breach of contract. And I don't care how many people don't like it, they violate you violating your contract. That's a personal issue, and your personal issue doesn't belong in public life. That's why we got all of this mess going on. That's a personal issue. When you get off, you can go and get your little website, put your little stuff up there, all of that. But how dare you drag everybody into your personal issue? You're going to drag your entire team and the entire NFL and throw them in a tissue tissue for a personal issue. And shame on them for being drunk into it. Shame on you. Shame on you. Trust me, you might think you're the baddest player going, but see, if they would get off of their fame in you and go look for your replacement, they're going to find that there are 10 better than you who will pledge because they're still hungry. You got 10. I promise you there are 10 more players out there that can outshine you. You don't have to pledge. You can sit in your little locker room and not press. I'm telling you. See, we need to stop bowing to people's personal, and that's what individuality means. That's why we're stuck here, because we're giving his individual impression and his individual opinions global right, at least not national right. No. You signed a contract. That's breach of contract. I don't care what nobody said. You did not sign a contract to be Gandhi. You didn't sign a contract to be Martin Luther King. You didn't sign a contract to be an activist. You signed a contract to be an athlete. People do not want, we are tired of y'all pushing your philosophical views on us. 
We only want to turn on the TV and watch it to play a game. Why do we have to start having to go into the same conversations we have in the lunchroom at work, the same conversations we have in, in our jobs and on our private meetings, and now all I wanted to do was do football. Now I've got to figure out whether or not I like the philosophical view of the athlete or the activist opinion. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it with companies. I'm tired of companies pushing and peddling. I just want a can of peas. Can I just go get a can of peas? That's all I want is a can of peas. That's all I want, slab of bacon. Can I just go? Can I go just get some toilet paper and not kind of hear what the Buddhist quote of the month is? If you want to do that, then tell me I'm coming into a Buddhist store. We got a store here. I will never go in this store. They know they got a store here in, in Oklahoma, in Tulsa. I will never go. You know why? Because they make you bow to Buddha when you walk through the door. I will never go. Because I didn't come here for my religious treatment. I came here to get some wall treatment. I, didn't care. I don't care. Now, if you want to have a, a little row, have a little row of them, have a little row of crosses, have a little row of whatever you do, have a row. But you got to have these huge things at the door. I'm going to go to a Chinese restaurant with them. I won't do it. I'm like, I, 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 I didn't come here for religion. I came here for food. I came to give me a good meal because you cook good. You all have got to start, stop letting them push. Just for, to, to, first of all, you're going to take my money. I got to pay for you. No, I'm not doing that. I'm stupid. I ain't doing that. That's crazy. I'm not doing it. And to me, what he's doing on the field is the same thing. He's deciding that I will play this game. I will do all of that. I will take America's money. I will take America's fans. I will take the United States people. I will take their their payment, I'll take everything and I'll give them nothing because I got a personal issue with the United States of America. That's a personal issue. That's your private issue. Now you can go get some flyers, send out some letters, you can open yourself a wonderful little activist thing, you know what activist agency, have somebody run it for you, you know, all of that kind of stuff and get and deal with that the way it does. But that is not what you signed up for. You did not put that uniform on to degrade the United States of America and then go cash our check. And you're going to cash our check. No, I need to, I think the NFL and all of these guys need to have a whole fresh look. Y'all need to send out some scouts around the world and replace these old dogs because they are no longer hungry enough to represent why you are doing what you're doing. They need to be replaced. I mean, you know, you get a, hey, companies do it all the time. Man, baby, you've been here too long. You need to go. We need fresh blood. Because all of this, and half of them may love it. Yeah, well, at least you're getting attention. Yeah, but you know what else you're doing? You're jading your, your fans. Because your fans, are, he's being disloyal to his fans. That fan, those fans chose a national team with a national reputation and a national definition. And they don't deserve that. Sit, I got to sit there and say, okay. And then we got the, all the cameras. Now, we're not going to celebrate all the people doing right. Camera's going to be on him sitting on the side. No, I'm telling you, I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, he needs to be replaced. And all of those like him. Now, I'm just, I'm not a football addict at all. I, I, I'm the one to go back and watch just the touchdown. That's it. I'm, I'm the worst one. Don't ever have it. Just what you find. I do. <laughs> I watch the touchdowns, but I do believe that if you sign a contract to conform to the power, you know, the, the lesser is blessed by the greater. The lesser should not transform or overturn the greater. 
So if you signed a contract, and this is when we were when you signed that contract, we were pledging to allegiance. You signed a contract where we pledged to allegiance, not because we agree or disagree with all the national news, and all, we got 50 states. Everybody, you can. There's a lot of reasons to be mad. We got 50 states with crime riddling and running through all of them. And you know what we look for? An escape and a pastime. And now you're taking our pastime escapes from us. How dare you? How dare you? Talking about, hold, hold, I don't like what the police did. I don't like the black men. Are you kidding? You are a, listen, police were killing people before then. You did not put a rider in your contract saying, I want to add a rider to my contract that says that when police issues come up or when social issues come up that I don't like, that I am free to express myself in my uniform, on the field, in my public, as if I am the team spokesperson. See, there's no rider in your contract that said that. And that's ridiculous. And see, the first time you did it, I would have been telling you, you got to find something else. Oh, honey, you better look around because you, I got a contract that said that when we pledge, you pledge too. Don't tell me about voting, or pledging your conscience because you signed that contract with that consciousness. Now, just because you had a change of conscience doesn't mean we have to have a change of creed or part or habit. You had a change. We didn't change. And I, I, I've been fucking, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of everywhere you go. You got to make a philosophical, political, social decision on just getting a loaf of bread. That's the dumbest thing. Are you kidding? That's not freedom. And if somebody, if you think that's freedom, you need to rethink again. You need to check your dictionary on freedom because that is not freedom and that is not liberty. That is the powerful imposing its views on you and making you pay and suffer for it. That is not freedom. I'm telling you that's not freedom. When you got a, a company as big as some of these companies are talking about we're going to do this or that, I mean, us, we have to say we're a Christian company. When you come in, it's Christian. We start out because we have to separate ourselves from the norm, from the pack. But I do not want to go in there and read little stupid signs that giving me some sort of religious Buddhist quote. I don't care which one it is. I, I got a lot of Jesus in me, a whole bunch. But you know what? I, I know how to run on the sovereign side of Jesus and the Savior side. When I go to church, drown me, drench me, come on, wash me in some words. All over the place. Just drown me. Wash me. I'm washed. I'm ooh, baptizing all day long. When I go to business, I want to do business. Now, if we happen to have some religious agreement when we meet after the meeting's over, we can go to church together. We can go to corner and praise God together, offer up some testimonies. But if that's not why we're coming together, I need to finish while we're coming together. I did not come in your store to do that. And if I did, it should be my choice if we're talking about freedom. I should have a choice to run over there and buy me 10 Buddhas. I should have a choice. I should have a choice to do that. Because when you come in our stores, we already tell you, walking in, you're walking into the domain of Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, we're not big enough to do what you are all doing. I would, every, time, every time I go in the store, I say, man, this is the deadest place I've ever been. I hate it. I so hate it. I don't know what to do. Don't make me, don't make me bow at the door. And I don't want to cross at the door. I really don't. I want, because I feel like business is what we are. If that is your business, if you are a Christian bookstore, then be a Christian bookstore and do it all day long. Do it well, you know. I like the Hobby Lobby people. They stay in their lane. 
They don't get out their lane, you know? But to make me have to come in with this 10-foot, uh, are you kidding me? I didn't want to I didn't come into your little paradise garden. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a lily pad and stuff floating around and carrying on. I believe in freedom of religion, but why is it that we now have moved from freedom? I 100% believe in it. You know, because there are a lot of people who just don't like stuff because they don't like it. They may not be Christian, but they're still righteous. You know, they're still righteous. They have a righteous root in them, and that's what God's running on. So I will say this to you. When I think about us, the soul of our country, the soul of our country is now riddled with fragmented, a pit for what is the future? Of such a show. What is the future of a tattered soul? Prophet Ashley, I'm shutting up now. You can bring your chair. I know you got a few. You didn't write much today. Did you? Right. Well, I just think it's terrible. Yeah. All of that individuality, individual ilk spewing all over the place. Every time you turn around, it's somebody else's because because we got social media. But even social media needs to stand its way. But that feeds into it mm-hmm. because social media, I believe, is the launch pad and the root of a lot of people feeling that their opinion matters more than it actually does. Yes. In places where it has no business being. Uh, you know, now it's all about post your opinion, post your thoughts. Twenty, Some people are posting on social media 10, 15, 20, 30 times in a day. In a day. In a day. Every time you get an inspirational thought doesn't mean you need to share it. Every time that you are going through something doesn't mean you need to share it. Emotional catharsis, all these things all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a very dangerous. It can be a very dangerous thing. But in dealing even with this deliverance issue, when that's your issue, needing attention, doing yeah. whatever, man, that feeds right into it. Um, we've seen some of the videos of research and concerns about where these generations are going who have been feasting on social media and what type of person that's producing that will ultimately be running this nation. Yeah, or a citizen that's populating it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I mean, we have to think about it. Social media, I think, is a very good media. It's an instrument. But I do think that it's time for it to rein itself in because you get people get the impression that any kind of publicity thing is gives them significance, and it's not. I mean, come on, billions of that stuff have never get seen anywhere, but it's captured. I want to know where it's captured and what what the future of of that warehouse of human ilk is going to be, because it's going to be the future. But we're looking at. The, the the tenor of social media tells us the type of citizen we're having in the future, and most because people's souls are so sick. Oh yes, I like what you said about even the whole um, not standing for the national anthem, bringing it all down to that's a personal issue mm-hmm. that has no business being in this very public paid for platform. And that's being forced. Your public got to be forced to observe your ritual of disdaining this country just to watch you handle the ball. Right. And because, and we're still, but I think this also goes back to even when you were dealing with the whole Black Lives Matter issue and uh, one of your um, round, well, I say roundtable conference calls, 
you were on. At the end of the call, you said to the ministers, because everybody on the call is African-American, we have to change our narrative. We have graduated. Come on. We, we've had an African-American first family, two terms. Okay? So us saying that the same old thing that Rosa Parks lived is exactly the same for us as African-Americans now is probably the biggest level of injustice that we could even push. Mm-hmm. Because when you said, but we can go to Disney World, we live in, in nice neighborhoods, driving nice cars, having degrees, owning businesses. Having our own programs. Having our own programs. We are in just about any field out there, um, many of us at the top. And um, when you were mentoring one of our uh, young ladies years ago, when she was entering into a place where there were no real min- minorities there, For sure. you told her, you have to finish, though. Mm-hmm. We, there's a lot of times we don't get in places because we don't finish. The opposition is great, and we quit, and we don't finish. But your point of saying, but this is a personal issue. And I would say when you are uh, talking about that, thinking about how the church has gotten even where we are, we've made a lot of our own personal issues a public church, mm-hmm. Gospel. they become doctrine, they become all these things. We've dealt with that even in Tulsa, some of these ministers. This is my personal belief system. Mm-hmm. And you shocked your entire congregation mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. shifting and, and now making your personal opinion into a whole doctrinal betrayal. Mm-hmm. Which is a betrayal of Christ. Christians exist for Jesus Christ. Yeah. Christians exist for Christianity, not for all of the other deities that have literally shaped us and formed our thoughts and opinions before we came to Jesus Christ. We exist for Jesus Christ. We exist for his word, for his message, and all of the other good things that we're supposed to do. And so when people start saying, you know, my first, what is our latest thing? Christianity is not your personal experience. Hey, you made it in. Look at you. She, she, she snuck in the door. <laughs> I want you to write this down because you have been sold a bill of goods. Mm-hmm. Christianity is not your personal experience. Whether you have an experience with Christ or not, the, if your faith was up enough for him to enter you when you said that sinner's prayer, come on. Yeah. Then that you're a Christian because of what he did, not because of what you live. What you live expresses and personifies, even physicalizes what he did. But Christianity is not about your personal expression because your soul must be transformed and to, and you must believe Christ Christ's way on his terms to the saving of your soul. Stop defining it. Christianity is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christianity is being born from above, filled with all the fullness of the Godhead. He says nothing about you, because you can't, you did not express Christ when you try to find it. And, and I think your pastors and your leaders need to stop telling you that because young kids and teenagers and adolescents are walking around talking about, well, Jesus is my personal Savior. No, mm-mm. he's not your personal Savior because the Bible said he died for the whole world. Now, you chose to personalize him according to your personality and your personal lifestyle and maybe even your preferences. But Jesus Christ died for the whole world, and he was a savior. He was a sovereign before he became your savior. And you're going to have to recognize your personal experience with him, notwithstanding, he's still God. 
Because if you use that as a premise, he's going to talk about his personal experience with you. Hmm. And it may not be as polished as you imagine. Yeah, you know, I've not yet found your work perfect in God. You see, you when you start making your testimony of Jesus your personal experience, you are freeing him to react with his personal experience on you. Sugar man, Jesus. Hang on. I'm hanging. She should hang on. Did you want to ask something else? Yeah, you, you were, you were, you were saying some things here um, today about deliverance. Uh, but maybe prophecy. Are you going to say something about the deliverance piece? Because I won't. If you are, uh, go, go for it. I'll pick something else. Okay. I'll stay on the bottom part. Because I was going to jump up. I can stay down here. All right. Oh, when you were talking about that in this, when we were talking about making your personal issues public. Um, making uh, making people separatists. That's how you take a nation down, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. how they took down the church. Yeah, they separated. You separated in it. it, and like you said, it it becomes your own personal relationship. It becomes your own personal interpretation, mm-hmm. and then you can't make people feel bad, and you can't make them feel guilty, and it's all about love, and and even all these churches with their own. Love code. You can line up ten churches next to each other and can't tell that they're all churches under mm-hmm. Jesus Christ because no. they're actually all not. Uh, and it, I mean, some of those. Okay, so when you uh, said that the strategy in America is to change the psyche, marketing plays into breaching the unity, mm-hmm. and how everything is about that individuality. Just be yourself. Just stand out. Don't do whatever. Mm-hmm. All of these agendas that are being ramrodded down our throats. Um, are all about that. And so when you said, too, that being an American citizen is not about America. Mm-mm. When we talk about why we're American citizens, we don't care about the nation. Mm-mm. It's our care. freedoms. It's my liberty. It's what I can do. And, and if anybody stands in my way, I can legally take them to court, bind them up, shut them down. Um, and the judicial system will attack America for me. Yeah, our president just goes through a law about uh, some or something about religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And so now people can no longer be punished for not doing what goes against their religious beliefs. And they should, should but again, this is for the citizens. We, we have to have a place where we recognize that the citizens are empowered to destroy their own country. Yes. Now, you know, because that whole, let's think about it, individuality. You go in a store, how much individuality do you see in the store? Oh, you got a rack of the same pants, a rack of the same clothes, a rack of sameness is all around you, and you're being individual. In the end, it's just how you put those same things together on you. On you. And that means that you, and you're still not individual. No. You, all you, what you are is a variation. You've varied the norm. Variation. You're a variation. It's all about varying things for you. So you go in there. And, 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 and you know my personal favorite. All of these individual people all wearing blue jeans in different places and telling you jeans are important, but that's, this is my individuality. Really? Right. Because your bottom is not showing your individuality. It's showing your conformity to that which is different from the norm. And when, when I stopped seeing five, you know, we got off the plane in, was it Spain? France? And I, I, I wish I had taken a picture of it. But you see him on the internet. Got off the Spain in, in, in France, Spain, Spain, in Spain, and in the airport. When I tell you, every I don't know, only one out of 
maybe 15, 20 people did not have on blue jeans, I thought, and they think they're free. Now, that's a simple statement, but isn't it obvious? And people are going to fight you for a jean to look like somebody. My, my praise and worship, we still fight. I don't know why we can't do jeans. My check, we, ain't do, we are not doing jeans, period. Now, you can do it in the pew, but you're not doing it in public office, period. That's it. Find yourself some nice slacks. I don't care about it. And you, I could tell the people who are still very much conformist to the world because, honey, you see them on Saturday, they got their skin-tight jeans. I see, see, but you think you're free. You really think you are free, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. You know, and, and the same thing with religious, it was, it, it, the reason we're under attack now is because it's popular to attack Christianity. Not because it's people even know what they're doing. Most people don't even know what they're doing. They don't know. No. I don't know. So why don't you like Christians? Well, um, I, I don't know. Okay, so somebody taught you to dislike Christians mm-hmm. and then taught you how to abuse Christians with your dislike. So what do you do for a living? Well, actually, you know, I'm a teacher. That's the dumbest thing you could ever be. That's the vilest thing you could ever be. Why, why are you a teacher? That's horrible. Oh, no, I can't deal with you because hey, you're a teacher. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you ready now? Yes. Yeah. You want to have some? You got something to say? Hallelujah. Um, I, I think that uh, the statement that you made about this generation having nothing to anchor them mm-hmm. um, is so, so important. We we're not thinking enough future-minded right now for the generations that are to come. I think we're, you know, it's kind of like when you have that sitcom, they trash everything at the beginning, they kill all the characters, they do, and then they have nothing, you know, left to go. <laughs> I know. Everything down the drain, they're like, we did it in the name of creativity, but then they look at their, the, the, the drama and they're like, I don't, we don't really know, you know, how we're going to build from this. Um, so I think it's, you know, we're in that era, you know, where we, we just want to destroy. We want to destroy anything traditional. We want to destroy anything that has a hint of standardization. We want to destroy anything that has a hint of uniformity, not thinking about all the repercussions that will come from that. I love how you talked about, you know, essentially with uniformity there is perpetuity. You know, mm-hmm. there is the 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 chance that you can make something long lasting when mm-hmm. you when you make something uniform. It's it, we're so divorced and, and Christianity too. We talked about this, well, on this, on this program, being so divorced from the reasons why. So divorced from that. We're so divorced from that as Americans right now. Um, so divorced from the reasons why we had these traditions. So divorced from the reasons why we were, you know, uh, why we built on our foundation on Christianity. So divorced from those things. And when you become so separate from the reasons why, you throw the whole thing down the drain. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Christianity. So it's just a really powerful discussion today. My mind just kind of racing and thinking because when we have that separation, we have nothing to build on for the future. Mm-hmm. As someone who works with the next generation, my mind all the time is like, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're, we're literally going to throw the future down the drain for, for our next generation for, for the pleasure of today. You know, that it makes me feel good, you know what I mean, to, to um, you know, face off with the administration today, not thinking about the repercussions mm-hmm. for the, the generations to come, that they will have no traditions, that they will have no values, and the reasons why those values were in place, the reasons why we respected the flag, the reasons why we had kids say the pledge, you know what I mean, the reasons why we came together during times of war and during things like that. You know, whether or not we all agreed, there was a, there was a sense of coming together for the preservation of what we were building 
building. I think that the founders knew how fragile it was. I really do. How fragile the fabric of what they were building. This idea of liberty that was not found in hardly any other nations at mm-hmm. the time. You know, how fragile that concept was um, and the reasons why they built those types of things in. Citizenship, like you talked about. I took a class on citizenship in eighth grade. I don't know that that's even offered that much anymore. Um, but just those concepts, you know, um, they, I think they understood how fragile it was. I love that you talked about this today. I think we have to really recognize, and as you said, recognize where it began, us pulling away from what covenant in the church, mm-hmm. uh, any kind of standards, you want to do any standards, you're a legalist, all those different things, we don't recognize. We literally perpetuated that and put that out there, and now we have that as a nation. And those are our children that yeah. are now building churches without covenant, yes. without standards, yeah. without structure, without doctrine, without reading, with only experience. You see, you realize that the millennial church, that, that I mean, and I'm not saying all of them because some of them came from very good leaders, but the, your, your, your typical millennial church is 100% experiential. Mm-hmm. We need the smoke. Yeah. yeah. We need the dark walls. We need the, 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 the um the lights, the little tin lights. We need people soaking inside and mm-hmm. drifting off. And all of that is is about what? Disunity. Mm-hmm. Personalization. Because personalization is about disunity. So we need that. You go to the to the millennial church, they're playing they don't know why we let we, we, we decided to Limit our music to uh, what Christianity or Christian artists. You got Christian artists who don't know why they got, why they got to just sing about Christ. You've got yes. you know yes. this machine has wow. done a very very uh, overwhelming job of <laughs> breaking the fabric of unity. Mm-hmm. And when you break unity, when you have disunity, you can't have harmony mm-hmm. because, because harmony requires you to unify and cohere. Yeah. Did you want to say something? Well, it's the worship team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've learned over the years. There's the technical harmony, mm-hmm. and then there's that sound that happens when we are in one mind. And that's a whole other sound mm-hmm. under the technical side that people perk up when they hear it. They can't quite put their finger on it. And it's true because whenever, you know, if there's any kind of disunity, and sometimes it could just be everybody's running from 10 different places to get there kind of thing. Um, the the sound doesn't quite come together, isn't quite as unified as when we are on the same page spiritually, physically, you know, and, and everything. And when I think about it, because, you know, we have a couple of our little millennial churches here, and they trash Jesus Christ. That's their goal is to trash Jesus Christ. They think they're, oh, we're having fun. No, we're trashing this man's work. We are trashing his personality, his persona, and they do that. And they, and I mean, we got the, you know, the superheroes coming in and the flybys and the, the, the club nights and all of that. That's not church. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, yeah, that's not church. I just want you to understand, you think you're going to church, you're not. That is leaving the church. Mm-hmm. You're going to Christ's enemy. So you have left what is Jesus Christ and what glorifies him, and you're glorifying all of the things that exist to disintegrate his work of 2,000 years. That's not church. I don't care what anybody tell you. They, you could say, well, we, have, we, we, well we, we get together and we have club day, then, baby, you need to go ahead and throw up a bar because Jesus does not show up in those churches. Now, he'll call you out, but he will not show up in those churches. You won't. Now, if you get, well, you know, we had a side. First of all, I got to, right now, I explore everything. 
People tell me they had a miracle. Let's talk about that. What makes it miraculous? How is it miraculous? So I think that's important. What's another point you had? Because you had another one there. She's got three guys. I'm looking at her face. Uh, uh, okay. Well, you talked about how uh, we have to discover to whose benefit mm-hmm. that uh, to whose benefit does America's self destruction. Uh, Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're right. Thank you. <laughs> benefit. Thank you. <laughs> um, again, powerful. Um, you know, and you said you said something. You said we have to know who will pick up the pieces and what will they do with it. Exactly. Yep. Again, like yep. it just ah, you know, and I think to, to the same, to the same, we could say to whose benefit, um, you know, to whose benefit is it that the church self-destructs? Mm-hmm. You know, who will pick up the pieces and what will they do with them? Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of questions, uh, they cause you to look at what's happening in the world around you very, very differently. Um, you know, having a brother that's in the military, you know, there are certain stories, you know, we'll talk about, we talk about a lot of things together, a lot of social stories, and some things just really hit him a different way because of where he is and what he actually sees um, and what he recognizes about where we're going and the repercussions of some of our social practices. Um, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're down at the, the bottom. We're tough. Yeah, you can indulge. Uh, you can indulge in a lot of nonsense. And then with, but when you have a, the eagle's view, um, there's just no room for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those questions are important questions that we do have to ask. What are we doing? Um, and who is this benefiting? And what will become of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, thinking beyond today. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important. You know, in, in terms of your brother, you know, the, the, the world looks different for a pigeon than it does for an eagle. Yeah. Absolutely. The pigeon is only seeing opportunities to eat. Mm. But the pigeon, I mean, the eagle has to soar and cover a lot much more mm-hmm. than just eating. And so the pigeon's going to get kicked around, and he, the pigeon doesn't even know you're kicking him. I'm going to stay right there and get that little bit. Hold on, I'm going to leave in a minute. I have to get this. <laughs> okay, now he can kick me. I'm full. And all they can do yeah. is a, 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 and fill the world with their droppings. Oh, my. Oh, my. Because that's a pigeon's life. So it looks very different when you're at the bottom than at the top. And so, you know, even when people decide to discuss with this with me, before I get into all the discussion, what do you know about my subject? And I'm going to tell you what I know about yours. Because maybe we don't know enough about each other's subject to even engage in the intense discussion that you seem to want. So I think that's very important. I also think it's important that we start asking when America is no more, what takes its place? Mm-hmm. And what will they do with us and our freedoms and our liberties, our social consciousness, and our own individuality? Well, but see, now you're causing us to think. Mm-hmm. And everything about what they're doing is making us feel. And they always say that feeling people don't think. No, no. And when you, when you present that question, it's like, well, what do you mean when America doesn't exist? Because people don't know this is an intentional guided pathway to destruction. Exactly. Not thinking there's been a plan in the works for many years to replace this as it is. And what else is going to come in? And, and you know, in history, nations were taken over by weapons. Here, it's taken over by wisdom. Mm. And so the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God, but that's what's taking The wisdom of the world yeah. is doing it. You know, I will end it on this thought, and I hope you all are appreciating our discussion today, but I will end it on this thought. God told Israel for hundreds of years, all right, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, I'm, uh, no, you're, listen, you're, break, you're breaching the covenants with the land. Yeah. And you're breaching the laws of God concerning the covenants with the land. And when you breach the reason why God brought you into existence, you lose his defenses. Huh? I mean, and I don't care whether that's your house, your business, whatever. When you violate and annihilate the reasons God brought you into existence, you give him nothing to work with. So then he lets all of the adversaries, adversaries that have been chopping at your bit, start coming on in. That's just how it goes. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, what do I? What's our offer? Do we have an offer this week? Well, what we want to let, let people know is that they can register until Friday for the class for prophetic guardianship, and you can do that online at drpaulaprice.com. Uh, they can also register for your conference that's coming up next month, the Arise Women's Conference. If you go to drpaulaprice.com, it's going to be in Atlanta. Atlanta. It's going to be Atlanta, um, February 24th, Saturday, February 24th. So you want to go to drpaulaprice.com. Those of you who are in the ATL, we're shouting out to you guys uh, today. Register. Register for this conference, Arise Women's Conference in Atlanta, February 24th. Dr. Paula Price is going to be there, and you can register online on her website just by clicking the events tab. Well, it's time for us to shift over. We're leaving you, Periscope and Facebook. Have a great afternoon. Life's going to be good. And then we're going to go into our announcements, the rest of our announcement with Prophet Adia. Come back and take your calls. And, yes, I am taking calls today. I may not sound like it, but I'm on. So hit the one. God bless you and have a great day. All right, you've been listening live to the Paula Price Show, the one and only Paula Price Show every Thursday, 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. You can actually catch us online every Thursday by visiting us at blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. Again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. That's how you can join us. We want to just say thank you so much to our first-time listeners and viewers uh, this morning who caught the broadcast. And as those of you are coming over from our Periscope and you're coming over from Facebook, what we want to do is just encourage you right now at this point to press number one if you'd like to speak to Dr. Price here in the second hour. She is going to be taking your calls today. So, again, as, you're, as we're welcoming you guys into the line, we want to encourage you to press number one so that you can speak with Dr. Price in this second hour. As we discussed on the broadcast this morning, you can register for the Prophetic Guardianship course, which is now available through Friday. So Friday is the cutoff day. We don't want you to be late on your assignment, so you can still register. Again, you can uh, do that online at drpaulaprice.com. Just click on her homepage and click register for the Prophetic Guardianship course. New courses, new single courses will be available uh, in the coming weeks, so you want to stay tuned to drpaulaprice.com so you can get the information on how you can get registered. This prophetic guardianship class is only $50 to register, just $50, and you'll be able to register for the prophetic guardianship course. It is a four-week, non-degree, certificate-based course. So if you're looking for enhanced learning, you want to add to your studies, this is a great way to do that. $50 is the registration fee, and you can do that online until Friday, guys. Friday is the cutoff. We have to cut it off on Friday. So, again, try to get your registrations in now through Friday, and that will be the cutoff, $50 for four prophetic guardianship. As we discussed on the broadcast, if you will be in the Atlanta, Georgia area at the end of February, then we encourage you 
to register women, register for the Arise Women's Conference. It's going to be in Atlanta, February 24th, Saturday, February 24th. So we encourage you to get registered for that. And you can actually see a link there on Dr. PaulaAprice.com under events, and that will help you to register for the Arise Women's Conference. We want you to save the date, profits. Save the date this June 2018. We want you to save these dates June 20th through the 24th. June 20th through the 24th is our annual Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute right here in Tulsa. Very soon you'll be able to register online for this event. You don't want to miss it. Again, those dates, June 20th through the 24th, you'll be able to participate in all-day workshops on the prophetic evening classes prophetic worship, prophetic prayer, and then receive personal prophetic ministry before you leave on Saturday. The event also features lunch with Dr. Paula A. Price on Saturday afternoon, a special Sunday closing and sealing service on the 24th, and lunch following the Sunday service. So it is going to be a power-packed few days. We want you to come out here and join us. You can also choose to tour Price University on Saturday, the 23rd. Again, so you can tour the university on Saturday, the 23rd. So we encourage you, you want to save that date. June 20th through the 24th is the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute right here in Tulsa. You'll be able to register very soon online on Dr. Paula A. Price.com. They'll do your early bird and our buy one, get one. Our buy one, get one deal is for buy one, get one for 140 for the registration. So that means you can grab a friend. You each go for $70. That's going to run for about a month starting in February. So you don't want to miss this. Make sure that you get online, drpaulaaprice.com, and let us know if you want us to send you information about the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute June 20th through the 24th. All right. I hope that you guys are getting ready for Dr. Price to take your calls. It's going to be an exciting second hour. So I'm going to go ahead and hand it back to Prophet Ashley so we can take your calls. All right. Thanks, Prophet Adia. And we still have room for you. If you want to go ahead and press that number one, do it right now so we can get you lined up and you can give Dr. Price your feedback, your prayer requests, concerns. She wants to hear from you. So in today's commercial break, we're actually going to hear some testimonials. What are people saying about Dr. Price's ministry, her travel in these programs. So we're going to hear some feedback from some of uh, Dr. Price's attendees, and we'll be right back. Hi, we are the Davises from the Apostles' House at the Soul of Success Conference. And let me tell you, Apostle Price has been feeding us. My mind has been changed, renewed, uplifted. Things about my past, uh, things about money and wealth and how I have uh, responsibility. And I'm in charge of my own deliverance and my soul. We just enjoyed everything. What was one thing that stuck out to you? One thing that stuck out to me was when she was talking about the blood when Jesus went down into captivity and how the blood comes from the the the, our, the blood comes from the soul and how Jesus was transformed and renewed in order to um, go and retrieve his body and his body was resurrected that on top of everything else as far as as far as um, uh, having vision the way you think about money, the way you think of how everything in your life has set a pattern for how you deal with success and how you deal with money from a childhood up into your adult years. There were so many different points and how um, the kingdom's currency is souls. 
and we just, she's just given us a new perspective on how to look at this thing called wealth and how it is not just cash, it's currency. It's how money is moved around and how you barter and whatnot. And all of us are born with it. I learned and I really got out of this, this this meeting this time I learned about the root of the issue, how to get to the root of the issue and it's not just the surface things but it's the core what's in my heart. Uh, poverty is something that comes from my heart, not because I'm broke in my pocket but because I'm broke in my soul. So therefore uh, the scripture John 1 and 2, 3 John 1 and 2, where the Lord wants me to prosper as my soul prospers. So my heart has to change. The changes that we try to make when we make them on the outside, that's what I'm trying to do. But when we allow God to make the changes in our hearts, then now we can prosper because our soul is prospering in him. And all the terminologies, and she brought to life a lot of the scriptures and the religious eras that I grew up with, the things that I grew up with that were in era, um, she brought truth to the era, which brings life to me. So the truth that she brought to those things that I questioned and I didn't understand, she brought them to life, and now I have truth. I understand what cash is. I understand currency. I understand that everything that I need to be wealthy, I was born with. It's inside of me. So now I'm adamant about bringing the wealth out of me, what God has placed in me to help secure his kingdom in the earth realm. Report. Returning to the Paula Price Show is Nikai from Bermuda. Dr. Price, she and I'm sure her sons are in the close background, uh, has a praise report for you about what you prayed for when she last called in. So Nikai, all the way from Bermuda, welcome back to the Paula Price Show. Thank you and good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Dr. Price. <laughs> good morning, good Dr. Morning. Price. Good <laughs> morning. It's good to hear you guys again. Yes. We are here and listening, and um, just want to say thank you very much, Dr. Price. We appreciate you and what God is doing through you. And your obedience to God is like, you know, you've become our role model on how to obey the Lord. And we receive your words of wisdom and your loving rod of correction, as always, and we apply it to our lives. So, we have round one, we have won. The prosecution dropped the charges. Hallelujah! <laughs> you know God! <laughs> Hallelujah! So now I understand that it's not just the getting, but it's also the keeping. <laughs> so, that is- and the comeback plan and the retrieving all. So I'm calling this round one because we still have a few more rounds to work out. And we are determined. I feel like if God could do that, he really and truly, I mean, I already know he can do anything. But when you are the one in it and then you witness him do the impossible according to man's standard, it's uh, exciting, it's mind blowing, just just what you said. <laughs> Welcome to PPM Global Resources, your one stop ministry resource company. Whether ministry, professional, or personal, our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues. 
that hit the center of where you are. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Explore the possibilities to conquer your world. Where are you going today? Ready to launch your own ministry? Want to develop a ministry training program? Looking for credible ministry education? You want guidance or direction? Maybe you just want to discover who you are. If you are a purpose seeker, looking for fresh resources, new ministry solutions, and endless possibilities, then welcome to PPM Global Resources, a ministry and professional resources company dedicated to meeting the needs of the 21st century minister. Why choose PPM Global? Because you want something better. We help build your vision, educate you in your calling, train you to succeed, teach you valuable skills, equip you to achieve, release you to conquer your world. Our business is your interests, whether ministry, professional, or personal. Our products cover a diverse range of subjects, topics, and ministry issues that hit the center of where you are. Think of us as your personal vision support team. If God has called you to it, we want to help you do it. Your success is our passion. Check us out online or contact us at 877-649-PPMG. Hi, I'm Dr. Paula Price, host of the Wisdom for Living broadcast. Every day I bring God's wisdom to your life. From current events to human issues, from moral dilemmas and religious and scientific conflicts, I bring you Christ's mind on today's world. Tune in to the Wisdom for Living broadcast Monday through Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time to jumpstart your day with the mind of Christ. A Tulsa author holds an open house to celebrate the opening of her new Christian university. Author of The Prophet's Dictionary, Dr. Paula Price, has been spreading her message online for the past year and a half while pastoring her church in Bixby. She says the new Price University will be located near 41st and I-44 and is taking something that started online and now giving it a home. We're gelling it right now. So we have online courses. I also have a uh, a, a, a program where I set up prophetic institutions around the country. Find out your place in Price University by visiting www.priceuniversity.org or call us today to schedule a consultation at 877-419-1299. Price University. Learn today. Lead tomorrow. All right, and we are back for the second portion of today's Paula Price show. Dr. Price broke down deliverance in that first portion, I tell you. We love it. And like I said before, there's still room for you in the lineup today. So go ahead and press that one. If you have an update for Dr. Price, if she's giving you a word, you want to tell her what's going on, give her a testimony, a praise report, or you're requesting prayer, go ahead and press that one so we can put you in the queue. Dr. Price, are you ready for your caller? We can't hear you, doctor. I am ready. I'm ready for you to push the button. I'm excited about ministering God's wisdom to people today. All right. 
And we have in the lineup today, this is Richard from Florida. And need some direction on on owning his own business. Richard, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi, thank you. Hi, Richard. Glad to hear from you today. How's it going? Everything's going good. Nice to speak with you, uh, Dr. Paula Price. Oh, good. And you're from Florida. So what kind of business are you interested in launching? Okay. So um, basically I've been I've – been, um, in my career now for uh, over 10 years, and um, I'm at a point where um, I don't really have much more growth in the company. I mean, it's it's an awesome company, but um, I just I, I want to continue to grow. Um, so, from you know, I, I feel that it's time to um, go ahead and take that first step into owning my own business. But you know, being that. I have so much responsibility, you know, my my wife homeschools my kids and um you know I every I'm the only sole income. It's kind of a big uh how would you call it like uh like a, it's a, it's a risk, you know, and and I just wanted to know how can I determine if it's God's time and not, you know, because I cuz I'm cuz I it's not a flesh thing, you know what I'm saying? I do very much very well as a matter of fact. Um, what type of business do you want? Are you considering opening? Um, well, I'm in construction, um, specifically, um, you know, cutting concrete. And um, like I said, I've, I've been doing this over ten years now, and um, uh, I just that's that's where I'm at as far as um, you know how long I've been doing this. Okay, so the couple of things that I would suggest to you, so you can make sure that this is uh, a good move for you. Um, the first thing is obviously you want to investigate the area to see if what you do can prosper another business. That's the first okay. thing I would say. You know, and do your homework. Everything about business and life is about doing your homework. So you want to go and find out how many other businesses like the company you're leaving exist, and then how many of them are. Um, also exists that's in how the level that you'll be starting on, which is like newcomer or small business. So you want to make sure that you know that. You definitely want to find out, take you some business courses, because no matter how much you experience you have in doing something, it's a different set of knowledges for you to understand how it is done. In other words, yeah. and how it is run. Because you need to know how it's so right now. You say you're operating on your scope of experience. Um, I've done this for however many years, but you haven't run it. And so you want to figure out how it's run. So you need to take some classes. So that's going to tell. That's going to slow down a, a lot anyway, because it takes time to get an education or something. So and I'm not whether you go and go to a a, a, a vocational school to do this or whether you go to a college to get that business experience, you need that business background because many workers jump out into their own business on what they've done, never, ever being exposed to how their company or a company like theirs is actually run. Okay. So that makes sense. Make sure, yeah, so you can slow down a little bit just on that, I'm sure. As you're doing it, you might, as you're you know, taking your business classes, you're going to probably be 
led into developing a business plan. You have got to understand how businesses run. You've got to have to understand and plan. For example, how many, uh, how many accounts do you need going into this thing? Where are you going to get those accounts from? Are you going to steal them from your boss, your other company, or are you going to go and you know, find your own? What about marketing and promotion? How are you going to make people want to leave that which they are comfortable with and sure of and, and take a chance on you? That's a big deal. You've got to figure out how you're going to do it, which is why I always recommend apprenticeship, um, working or an internship, working um, with somebody not at the – hands-on level, which is where you are right now, but at the head-in-the-game level. So we are, because you think really, the readiness that you feel right now is about your head, but it's not about your head. Okay. You got to win. Like you said, I have children to take care of. I have a family that I must uh, feed. So your businesses must uh, finance that. One thing I learned about starting a business is that there is a different confidence and a different piece uh, going and doing a job where somebody else is worrying about the money, the accounts, the business, the staff, the employee, the materials. See, you don't worry about any of that right now. But when you decide to do your own, it's going to be your problem. And in short, you are going to have to now finance your life. Right now your company is financing your life. But when you step out on your own, your business will have to finance your life. And it's all on you. Okay. You know, when a company, you just need to order a, a pad, they go, you go to purchase, I write a little purchase order. You know how it is, Richard. You write a little purchase order, submit it, and then you go, no. Now, as you go into Walmart or you go into the office depot store, or it, you, it's you to it. And trust me, you're going to start at, you're probably going to be at the dollar store really quick because all yeah. of those things that are there for you because the company is financing it, they're now yours to acquire. That sounds good. Uh, thank you for the advice. Yeah, my well, I I had plans, you know, starting it, you know, fresh, um, early this year, and um, what kind of slowed me down from those plans is, you know, my wife shared a dream with me that, um, you know, we were I was in my company truck. I already had my own business, and then I, she was riding with me, and then we started going into this, you know, this lake, and then um, out of everywhere, these alligators started trying to approach us like, you know, as, like, trying to hurt her, and then, you know, and she shared that dream with me, it kind of, you know, it made me realize, you know, maybe this is not what God wants right now, maybe I should, you know, seek him, um, you know, a little bit more diligently, and see if this is the right timing or not, and, you know, your advice kind of lines up with. Well, first of all, I think that, they have, don't you want to say thank God for praying and dreaming wise? Boy, they kick you all out a lot of stuff, but um, <laughs> the second I know it, you know, because she, she's saying, honey, I'm willing to go with you because I'm your wife, but this is a risky venture. And right now, you know, when you start thinking about, you, you, when you start getting into the waters, treading the waters of this thing, there are a lot of predators that you don't know. You don't even know the competitors or the predators. And so if you, if I were you, I would give myself at least, at least two more years. If you can tolerate it or either, or either partner with someone else in this business. Okay. Um, so that you can learn the ropes and learn the ropes from the head down instead of the hands up. Okay. Thank you so much. All I appreciate right. it. Yeah. You're very and I just welcome. want to Let's say, um, yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh-huh.
Say what you want. No, no, no. I just wanted to say thank you. been a blessing. You know, um, my wife, um, she has taken the assessment, and, um, you know, it's really helped her out. And also she's, she's doing some of the online courses, and um, she's just she's, – she's so excited about, about doing it. And I'm, I'm just happy that she has a role model like you. Um, and, you know, she was, she was the one that recommended me to give you a call just so I can, um, you know, get some direction. I just appreciate all that you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it, and thank you for the blessings because, you know, those are important for us to know that we're on the right track in people's lives. And, uh, and make sure you give her my blessings um, when you see her again. Um, okay. Right now, I'm going to put up in prayer because I want to pray for you. God, I thank you for Richard. First of all, I bless you, Father God, because he has an ear to hear. Man, to truly hear what you are saying. He has an ear for wisdom, and he wants to do it right. And certainly, Lord, he wants to thrive and prosper. So I bless you for him. Now, God, I'm asking that you would take over this vision in his heart and lead him and guide him in the way of understanding. Lord, open up the opportunities, direct his path to the teachers, the school, the training, and the mentors and coaches that he needs to bring this thing to pass. And while he's doing it, God, give him the grace to stand and do it right and the faith to know that your word will not return to you void. And I bless you for covering him and his family. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Prophet. Well, Dr. Price, Richard was our only caller who pressed one today. Are you kidding me? Nobody else want any, wants any pearls or wisdom? I mean, huh. you all, come on, guys. Huh? You know, I don't get it. I don't either. Well, you know, every once in a while we get the people who are afraid. Now, so let me just tell y'all. You know, good and well, some of you all are upset because you feel like, well, I didn't press because I didn't think I'd get through or anything like that. Now, I know if you don't, you don't have to just press for a, um, for a problem. You can also press for a praise. I like praises. Hallelujah. I love praises. But while we're working on it, um, um, while we're looking at them, because sometimes they have lunch breaks and stuff, actually, I, I really want us to talk about why you think, while we're waiting, why you think we have, um, people need to have prophetic guardianship? The, the course or just in general? Just generally speaking. Oh, well, prophetic, well, we can take um, Richard. In his situation he just went through um, about deciding to make a career change and the right timing, the fallout from it, how it can, uh, not when it's not in the right window or not done the proper way, can really uh, cause calamity. I think prophetic guardianship is essential because it's, it's not, you know, sometimes people hear that term or think about it, and because of our poor training on the prophetic, all they can think about is, well, I don't want to be manipulated, or I don't want to be this, or I don't want to be that. But prophetic guardianship, the way it was intended, is a powerful tool to be connected with someone or a group of prophets who can hear from God for you, but also fend off warfare. When you think about what a guardian does, uh, you're no longer, if we use it in natural terms, a ward of the state in the kingdom, just out there um, being bounced around by the system 
hoping that somebody will stand up for you. But when you have been appointed a guardian, that person then has the authority to intervene, to sign for financial things for you, to push things through for you. And so prophetic uh, guardianship has the same type of benefits to where you no longer are exposed. You're no longer vulnerable. Now, that's, of course, you being under an actual guardian and not just somebody wearing a title, but actually in the position ordained by God. Trained, preferably, training would be nice um, to do it. Having uh, a person with that muscle in the spirit realm to break things through for you, to expedite, to give you that wisdom and counsel and say, okay, now is the time. This is not the time. This is the time, but not with that person. And the list of benefits really goes on. And you're right. You are right, Ashley. They are a list of benefits. One of the things when I think about prophetic guardianship, I, I always think about what Chief says, Chief Prophet Tyler says, and she always says, but you know, the church needs to be taught how to handle prophecy. Yes. Because truly in understanding how to not just meet a prophet or hear a prophecy, but how to interact with God's prophetic sphere. Because most Christians, you know, your, your idea of, of, of prophetic guardianship or prophetic activity at all, in any way, any kind of prophetic activity, is simply somebody standing up in church yelling out a word from the rafters. Now, that's most Christians. Now, if they stepped into that sphere, I mean, and if the truth is, you know, yay, and you bless God, you don't know what was said, you don't know how it fits you, you don't even know if it should fit you. And so you don't understand that. And then when you, and, and you're taught, if, if you're like most people, you have a pastor that doesn't understand or who is new to the prophetic, then you know that what that pastor does is begin to tell you whether or not that word should be taken seriously because it's based on their agreement or disagreement with it or their fear of the word. So when she said that, I said, you know, I think that's needful because a lot of the, um, benefits that you just talked about and the not just the benefits but the you know advantages of what do you call it prophetic guardianship or prophetic anything they go all the way back to how the recipient hears the word receives the word appreciates the words and acts on it that's a big those are great great four words goes back to the recipient because the recipient is the one that says well you know that sounds like God to me. Like the way we told people to um, prove prophecy. Where's that? We don't even know what that is. So they prove prophecy according to the experience because we, you know, the church is an experiential entity right now. No, no guidelines for proving it. No guidelines for, for verifying it. Knowing whether or not that person is of God or not. Because even today, people don't separate the prophet from the prophecy. You know, the most leaders will say, well, if, this, if it's a, a true prophet, then the word of God will come to pass. But that's not just the word to you. You, a single person, cannot verify a prophet. But that's how we do it. So because everything is experiential, which means everything is internal. So we have very few external means of, of um, verifying a prophet, confirming a prophet, knowing whether prophecy is right. You know, you need to know that for the last five years or the last two years, this prophet's words have not been, have been suspect or they have not come to pass. And even then, you have to make sure that that 
It's not just about your word, but it's about that the prophet's literal words around the country. You know, how they do everything, not just the thing you agree with and approve of, you know? Yeah, very good, because that's, that's so important how many times people, well, we've seen it on multiple occasions, will dismiss or shut down something because of their personal opinion of it, but not actually checking to see, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's important. That, that's very important. It's important um, to, uh, to know that this person is doing great and, and, and has, listen to me, and has a well-balanced background on prophetic ministry, on prophecy, and a good Bible education. You cannot judge Christian prophets or prophecy, good or bad, right or wrong, without a Bible education. Because prophets of God speak for God. Hmm. Amen. Uh, I'm sitting here now. I'm just rejoicing in God. Um, I'm rejoicing in God and what we're doing. And then wondering, because, you know, last time this happened, there was a problem with the, the people. Oh, no. There's people who, they pressed it now. We have a lineup. Oh, oh, they, <laughs> oh, I got a lineup. Come on, guys. You you have a lineup. Would you like to hear who's first? I would love to hear who's first. Okay, me too. So here's how we're going to do it. Um, since I didn't line you up, you're the caller who pressed one, and your area code is 516. I'm opening up your line now. Hold on. Okay, and it'll tell you area code 516. So please tell us your first name the state you're calling from, and what you have to say to Dr. Price today. It's Vanessa, and I'm calling from New York. Vanessa. Okay. <laughs> How you doing? How are you doing? I'm great. I'm How good. I'm good. I'm good. I, I can't complain. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I mean, since nobody pressed one, I figured, hey, I might as well just call for prayer then. Um. I just want you to pray for um, my sisters, well, and my brother, too, um, particularly one, um, in particular, my older sister, Tanya. Uh, she's doing very well um, in life now, but, you know, she has this thing with her, you know, cigarette smoking, and I really, you know, pray that God would, you know, take that from her just so that doesn't, you know, shorten her lifespan and all the great things, um, you know, that she accomplished. Like, she started out as an electrician. And now she's, like, on the executive board, you know, for the entire um, local. So it's just there's a lot of great things coming her way, but I just, I don't know, it's, I just get a sense that that stuff could get cut short just because of her lifestyle. Yeah, because because of her smoking? Yeah, and, you know, drinking and other, like, social drinking and stuff like that. But, you know, she, like I said, she's doing extremely well. All my sisters are, um, actually, but... Her in particular, I'm just like, I could just see all the greatness, and I just don't, you know, want that stuff to come against her and, you know, kind of shorten her impact because she's, she's making a very big impact. And she's a role model to a lot of the female um, electricians because, you know, obviously that's a heavily male-dominated industry. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me ask you, is she saved? No, none of them are. <laughs> okay. Because let me tell me, let me tell you why. Not, you know, the funny thing about that, I'm going to pray for her 
the things that you've asked me for because that's what I want, that's what we do here. But understand mm-hmm. that when we start really pushing headstrong people who um mm-hmm. into you know changing um, you know moral changes and habitual changes, you know we can often upset their apple cart because you know God's got to make them have a reason to turn to Him. Yeah. <laughs> do you know that? Uh huh. You know. He did it to you, uh-huh. didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, rough. you know, the upset that you're trying to avoid mm-hmm. might well be the re- the way God has to choose to do that. I just want you to be aware of it because mm-hmm. people don't seek God in good times. They don't want they face they don't need it, and unsafe folk need reasons mm-hmm. to yeah. leave their lifestyle. And so mm-hmm. we're gonna get. You're about to give her a reason to do that, but a lot of things are anchored to that. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna pray, but I just want you to understand, God. I thank you, Lord. First of all, I thank you for Vanessa, her growth and maturity in you, God, and her determination to be your child and to manifest you righteously and holily in this earth. That's the first thing I thank you for. Now I lift up her prayer request, and God, I'm asking you, according to your wisdom, to deliver her sisters and, and, and her family into the body of Christ, and then, Lord, to deliver them from the destructive habits that can definitely shorten their lifestyle, but also shorten even their capacity and capabilities to do what you need done in this earth through them. So I'm asking you to do it. I send forth the spirit of deliverance against nicotine and every other addiction and every other substance abuse. I dispatch it to go and reverse it in this woman's life. And, God, to cause her to see it, whether or not she receives you immediately, God, but let her see the danger and the damage. She needs a couple of warning shots to know it's time to let this go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How about that? Good. Thanks. You're very welcome. Hope to see you soon, daughter. God bless. All right. God bless. Bye. Uh-huh. Prophet Ashley, I have anybody else? Yes, you do. You have Susan from Indiana, and she's calling in today, Dr. Price, for direction, wisdom and direction in her job. Susan from Indiana, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Thanks. Hi, Dr. Price. I just love listening to you. You're such an um, awesome teacher and just so much wisdom. So I'm so glad to get through to you today. Well, um, I'm um, can you hear me? Uh, I could. Okay. What I'm um, asking for direction on is currently I'm in a job that um, I'm expecting because of some upcoming restructure activities that my job will be eliminated. And the current job I'm in, I've been unhappy for several years. Um, I've been in a field uh, of human resources for the last 17 years. I'm even looking at doing something completely different. And I know I've been praying about it, and I just, I feel like it's a blank slate. Like, I just don't know what I'm going to do, what what direction I should go in. And so I'm really asking for prayer for that. Well, I would, first of all, I'm glad to hear it. Um, your, one of the questions is, should you act now to move now or should you wait? Um, the deal is, 
The answer is yes and no. No, that sounds very ambiguous, and our God is never ambiguous. So why are we getting a yes and a no? When you say you go to prayer on this subject, and it's a blank slate, that means God's not dealing with it. He's not, he's not dealing with it. Now, that not dealing with it can be is, is something as simple, Susan, as God having is still in the works of setting it up for you and creating the place for you, creating the, the position that you should have. And, or it can be that simple, or it can be as involved as you needing to be education for the, educated for the new thing that you're doing that you want to do. You don't want to do human resources. You're tired of it, and, and, and that's fine. But the, when God does not, when you feel like you go, you're going to God and he's not addressing it or he's not responding, it's because he's not ready. And, and, and he, I mean, in other words, in his realm, he's fine. But your world is not ready for his solution and his answer. So the first thing I would tell you is to go to school. Or first of all, I'd tell you to go to a, a very quality personnel agency and, and, and find out what else you can do. There are some things online that you can get that they'll tell you what you're good at. I mean, you know, I would definitely encourage you to do that. That's number one. Number two, once you find out what that is, then you need to get that training. Obviously, you're a human resource person. I don't know how to sell you on the benefits and the advantages of being trained to do what you're calling to do or what you want to do. So that would be the second thing that I would tell you. And then lastly, um, find out what else is going on in your company. If your company is shifting like that, you need to find out, well, you might already know, but there might be some other things. I see some sort of a buyout happening in your company. And um, uh, and I think that's a lot of the reasons for the change. I think your sensing that it's time to move is real uh, because I just see your company, I see a buyout or, or, or a merger or something, but your company has been a, a, a you know, brought into some other life for whatever reasons that they're planning, um, vision, pursuit, um, changing directions, you know how it goes. But my mm-hmm. thought to you and my, my counsel to you is that you would uh, definitely get yourself evaluated with a very high-level um, agency and find out what it is that you have working on the inside of you that you didn't have even when you stepped into human resources. Okay. I know with um, my company, even, um, you know, they have a severance policy and even offer voluntary severance to our group, which I didn't take because I feel like I'm, I get a better deal with the regular severance package. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not um, sad to be leaving. Um, actually, it's something that I've been, it's been a lot of transformation I've been wanting to leave. It's just this is my kick in the pants. Okay, now, um, you know, when this does come down this year that to do something else, and I'm the type of person, once I know what to do, I go after it. But I just, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I don't know what that new field is. I don't know, even when I look online at different HR jobs, and I just think, I don't want to do this. Well, have you, first of all, let me ask you, have you taken our assessment? Uh, yes, I have taken your assessment. And what, it's been what a while, but I remember? took it. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it, 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 we, everybody grows. What I'm hearing, though, is that you, I want you to hear, I want you to go back to what I said. I, I want you to get checked. The hardest thing for us to do is to submit ourselves to someone else 
to do what we've been doing for others. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, we need that comfort zone. We need that affirmation. We need to know that all of our years are not just spent in vain. I'm going to say it again. You need to I don't know what the agencies are there, and maybe some of our people listening might want to post something on the site. I don't know. But I'll tell you, you still, if you don't want to stay in your field, then you're going to have to submit to some sort of screener or assessment that will identify the other non-working or dormant attributes and capabilities you have. Okay. Now, and you know, because human resources is such a broad thing that you know every area of it is specialized. So maybe human resources, the way you've done it, is um, more than enough. But what about some of the things you ever dreamed? Think about when you were doing that job, when you really were, um, when you began to, when you were really in love with it, you thought, man, I could do this, and what I would do is, or how I would do that. I mean, you can do that. You know, I know that it might be fun for you to start a business, but in the end it's going to be very, very costly, very time-consuming. And so you might want to take your time with that idea and, you know, might want to decide in coaching. I, I Frankly, I'm hearing that you would probably be very good at coaching, um, you know, just coaching people professionally, coaching people uh-huh. in their uh, I hear you would do very good at that, but then that would require you to work for someone else because, quite frankly, um, that's going to be your comfort. I'm going to say to you, not just speaking by the Spirit of God, you are one of those people going in on your own would be enthusiastic, it would be great, but you need comfort. Your background, your childhood, the way you've lived, you need the comfort of security. That is who you are. You like your trips. You like your, you know, you like that. You need that. Mm-hmm, and there I is do. nothing wrong with that. Uh-huh. There's nothing wrong with that. So you don't want to get into some risky venture for all of those things that you've enjoyed, you know, uh, are going to be at risk or threat, jeopardized. So you, I would suggest that, again, look into coaching and or counseling, probably maybe even being a coach or a counselor at a university, that could be something that you can look at with your ability where you help people find their place. Because essentially that's what human resources does in a very uh, uh, um, selected environment, in your company environment. You help people find their place, stay, stay in their place, and do well. So, And you protect your company while you do so. So I'm thinking that might be something that you can look into. Okay. I, I would see that, Dr. Price, and just even what you said about the comfort and security and even just the travel, that that's me. Yeah. Yeah. That is- that, and you don't – and for you – and I'm looking at your early years in life and what you, you had to fight through to get where you're getting, and I'm looking at that and thinking – at this point in your life, you don't really need that because that's not what you want. You just want to have mm-hmm. something new. You, you're looking for a just a new experience. I know? am, and and to be invigorated again in what you do. You home, you you know, right now you're in a humdrum frame of mind, but you're looking to be invigorated. I want to be excited about going to work again. I want to, you know, on and on and on. So that is why I recommend it that you have a consultation with an agency who does not human resource. Okay. You know? That's good advice. Yeah. You don't want to go to where you, where you want to leave. You know, you're done with that. So that's my suggestion. I'm going to pray now. Father, whoo, holy God, in Jesus' name, we bless you. And we honor you, Jesus, 
for all that you are, all that you've done, and everything that you've brought in our lives. I thank you for Susan. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to continue to put the pieces together, the counsel that I gave her today as she lays down tonight and, and communes with you that you begin to finish off what I started and then lead her to the place that has your answers, your solutions, and, Father, your favor. And I bless you for doing it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Price. You're very welcome. Um, Prophet, got another? Did we lose the prophet? Oh, no, you are out of time. Okay. How'd that happen? <laughs> time flies. <laughs> All right, well then, time Hey, Ashley, time flew. I thank God for getting me through the day and getting me really where I want to be. So, hallelujah. We bless you. Don't forget to join us Sunday morning for Scripture Organic, Cultural Modified Christianity at the Congregation of the Mighty. Where God stands, we will start at 10 a.m. Hey, sign on. Put it in your, your calendar and then share, share, share. Share, share, and share. Make sure you share today's show. We covered a lot of ground. We did a lot of, made a lot of, of, of impact. Why don't you let it just spread the love, spread the joy, spread the wisdom, and spread the word. Until Sunday, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Show a Seed. Donate today.